Hey everybody, this is Bunkhouse Bob. And the lovely Mark. Live from the Armory Wrestling Show is heard worldwide. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. But this is an FNX.network plug, which means we're heard from Mobile, Alabama to Melbourne, Australia. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Check us out on FNX.network. What do you say, Laura? the Armory Wrestling Show, the premier podcast of indie wrestling. You're lying, Bob. I never said, I don't want to do this interview. Those words yes, never came yeah. out of my mouth. You are the, the biggest lying sack of crap ever. Our studio line is area code 213-816-1605. With your host, Bunkhouse Bob. Yes, Laura almost got lost in her home state of West Virginia, but she's with us tonight. How are you, Laura? And the lovely Laura. Foot is about to find your ass as a home state if you keep that shit up. from the Armory Wrestling Show. My name is The Bunkhouse Bob, and I am the greatest wrestling mind of the 21st century. Folks, this is episode 292 of the program, and we'd like to welcome you welcome you to a little thing that we call the WrestleCade 2019 After Party. The party's still rolling around, still going on. Matter of fact, I think there's still some people left in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, laying around. I, I'm sure of it. But folks, we thank you very much for tuning in to this episode. However you listen to the program, if you listen as we do it live every week, or if you catch us on any major podcast platform known to mankind, we greatly appreciate your support. Well, speaking of support, we would ask that you would go over and check out www.fnx.network. A lot of great content available on FNX Network. Make sure that you're checking them out and giving them the proper love that they deserve. Speaking of love, we'd love to have you go over to www.prowrestlingtees.com, type in FNX Network in the search bar, scroll down and buy a Live from the Armory Wrestling Show t-shirt to wear to your local independent wrestling show or to give away as a gift this holiday season to a loved one. And if you have a question, a comment, a critique, or a criticism, about a guest or a commentary that you have heard on this program, you can always email us at asktheArmory at gmail.com. Now, folks, joining me at this time, coming uh, coming into the studio faster than the mist, the green mist coming out of the great Muda's mouth at WrestleCade, I'd like to welcome to the program the other co-host, the lovely Laura. Laura, how you doing? I'm still tired, Bob. <laughs> You're still tired? Come on. We had a couple, you got a couple days rest. 
shit. I'm telling huh? you, this is not not for the weak, Bob. I'm telling you, I'm getting old. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, speaking of getting old, it was funny because that Saturday night after the Super Show, you know, we walked over to the uh, to the Marriott Lounge, and at one point it was so loud. I couldn't even hear myself think. I had to walk out. I saw Brad Stutz sitting there, and I looked at Brad, and I said, is it just me, or does it get a little louder every year? And he looked at me, and he said, either that or we're both getting a little older every year. I think it's a combination of the two. So that's uh, that's old. Uh, John and I were, you know, asleep by 11 o'clock. Yeah. That's how old we are. I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to bed. Couple, yeah, a couple of late nights. A couple of late nights indeed. Uh, but you got home safe. Everything's good. Uh, you, did you get you any rest you know, at all? Well, I did a little bit on Monday. Uh, yeah. Of course, you know, have to unpack and, you know, yeah. um, and do all those kinds of things. And I had a couple things to do around the house uh, that my aunt couldn't do while I was gone. Right. So, um, <clears throat> I got as much rest. The problem is, is before WrestleCade, I wasn't really rested. And that's a problem is when you go, and John too, John hadn't had a day off in two weeks. If you work yeah. in the grocery store business, um, the weeks leading up to Thanksgiving are the busiest time of the year. Yeah, Even busier than Christmas. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so we were both kind of worn out and then, you know, the, the Showcase of Champions, which was a great time. I had a wonderful time. Uh, and mm-hmm. then we did the Dustin Rhodes. Um, uh, I don't, it wasn't a podcast, I don't think you could call it, but just, you know, uh, talk. Learned a lot of things about Dustin. And not that I didn't respect him before, but I think the man hasn't gotten his due mm-hmm. for what he did for the Attitude Era. I think mm-hmm. he was a huge part of pushing the envelope uh, yeah. back then. Um, and, of course, he's the son of the legendary, you know, American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. And I'm sorry, Dustin, I would could not let you have my bandana. My name is mm-hmm. not George. I'll give a bandana away cold. <laughs> so, I'm just messing with you, George. I know you borrow it. <clears throat> I know you did. Yeah. And Cody never returned it. Yeah, so, yeah. And I, That's sitting I, at his I, I, house somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I told Dustin, I said, your brother's got one. Yeah. And he said, he does. And I'm like, yeah, a friend of mine gave it to him. Um, <clears throat> So, he's like, well, I don't have one. I'm like, well, I'm sorry for you. Sorry. <laughs> I feel sorry <laughs> for you, but you're not getting this one. Sorry about your luck, Chuck. Yeah. No. So we've... So, uh, um, We've got a ton of stories for you, and we've got we'll give you a breakdown on everything that uh, that happened. But before we do that, won't you uh, go on and do the social me- social media thing and uh, the Twitter poll, and then we'll get rolling. Well, uh, you can tweet along with uh, George. I ain't got no bandana cold tonight. <laughs> at- <laughs> From and the reason I give George a hard time about this, in case you guys didn't know, <clears throat> um, I gave George that bandana for his birthday one year because he's a big American Dream fan too. That's why I give it give him a hard time about that. 
Um, it's all good, you know. Um, so you can tweet along with him at From the Armory. You can tweet along with me at Circle Sky, uh, Bob at uh, Bob underscore Delft, uh, with George on his shoot Twitter at Heel Heat, and our good friend Dr. Guzletron at The Gray Lobster. Uh, George has got a pretty good uh, Twitter poll here. Um, for those that attended WrestleCade, what was your favorite part? Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I think for me, you know, in case, unless it's like this huge match, like the year that Matt Hardy took on Jeff uh, Jarrett, yeah. or, you know, uh, when uh, Drew McIntyre, uh, Drew Galloway wrestled that year when he was fresh off being let go from WWE. Um, it's always been in the legends. And so uh, our choices are the matches, meeting the legends, and the shows. And for uh-huh. me, uh, it's meeting the legends. Uh-huh. Um, because I got to meet a couple, and I also mm-hmm. got to meet uh, some current superstars. Um the matches and the shows each tied with 29% and 43% won with meeting the legends. And, you know, um, I tell you that uh, George South is absolutely positively the king of the world right now. <clears throat> king oh, yeah. of the wrestling world. And we'll get into that. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> uh, um, Yes, he is the king of the king of the wrestling world right now. I watched the uh, Dad, you don't work, uh, you wrestle podcast uh, video that uh, him and Jake Manning do. I was he was still on cloud nine. A lot of great uh, behind the scenes stuff there. Uh, If you don't watch it, you probably want to check this episode out, especially if you were at WrestleCade. Uh, George gives a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff about him and Muda and uh, things coming full circle for George. George went back and checked, and the first time that he wrestled Muda, I believe if I have this right, I should have wrote it down, and I didn't. I want to say it was August of 1987 is when he first wrestled the great Muda. And uh, there's a lot, a, lot of, a lot of cool stuff in there. So, uh, check that out on YouTube. Dad, you don't work, you wrestle. Uh, comes courtesy of Jake Manning, George South, and High Spots. Make sure you check that out. As far as as the poll is concerned, you know it's always a mixed bag because there's there's always matches that get announced that I'm like, ooh, you know this should be one hell of a match. And then right. they, then there's an announcement of a particular person or persons that we would like to see, and it's like, oh man, I really want to meet them. been wanting to meet them for a while or, you know, uh, that type of thing. And then, you know, the other shows, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it's like, um, you know, the uh, world-class panel this year. I did not make the world-class panel this year, but I was told that it was probably the best two hours, most informative panel show that WrestleCade has had, uh, that people just absolutely loved it. Um, So, for me, it's always always a mixed bag, and you know the excitement of it all, of being able to do all those things. Because sometimes you're go- you're going to see matches, especially at like Showcase of Champions, that you're not going to see at any other venue. You're just not going to see Absolutely. 
because there's a, uh, you know, a working collaboration between promotions. Then we, we were talking about it this past weekend. You never know what life is going to hand you. Like last year, uh, getting to see Mean Gene Okerlund for the last time. You know, you oh, just, God. you never know what's going to happen, you know, and, uh, and, and, and as some of the, the stars of yesteryear obviously have gotten on in years, uh, some have fared better than others, uh, both in health and finances. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's one of those things. It's a difficult balancing act, but always, uh, always take in the whole event. To me, the whole event is the winner of the poll. Uh, no matter what you choose, uh, you couldn't, you couldn't go wrong. There were, um, there were a couple of things I wanted to, uh, to knock out first because I, I saw these before we came on air today. I'd, I'd actually taken a couple extra days off from work just to decompress because last year, you know, I went right back to work the following day and I just felt overwhelmed. So I took a few days off from work. So I've had time to kind of chill out. That was gift number one. Gift number two, I didn't end up with a WrestleCade crud like Me several about- other people several other people did and I sympathize and I empathize with you if you did get sick because last year I drove 12 hours sick as a dog so I know exactly what you're you're going through I knock on wood I I feel great so I'm very very thankful for that do you know what it is I I did not shake hands I shook hands with maybe one person and when I did, buddy, I went right to the bathroom and washed my hands. I did, too. I, I, I Well, I, I didn't did go right bump. to the bathroom, but, yeah, I, we did the fist bump thing, and I rigorously washed my hands more often than I did last year. And you're absolutely right. You have to think about how many people are touching hands, touching shoulders, sneezing on one another, coughing, and all that other junk. But so if you got sick... You know, yeah, it, it is what it is, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I didn't get sick, but uh, anyway, a couple of things that we saw uh, today or this week, I should say, in the wrestling world, John Morrison has signed a multi-year deal with the WWE that came out on Twitter today. It was rumored about a month ago that he had signed and he squashed the rumor saying, you know, I, I don't know nothing about it. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, I'm sure that it was already in the works or in talks, but John Morrison's going to get his second go around in the WWE. What do you think of that signing? Well, I, I can tell you this. He's another one of those people who showed WWE I don't need you. Right. He can thank, I think, Lucha Underground for that. Yes. He owes um, Impact Wrestling a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, because they believed in him, signed him, had him carry the company. Um, so, yeah. Um, I And I think they need him more than he needs them. Because, Lord have mercy, I can't wait for him and the Miz to get back together. Um, that's going to be some shit. Um, and I think 
he could be a top-notch guy. He could be up there. He could, you know, he could hold a uh, universal title or even the WWE title. I think mm-hmm. he brings more to the table as far as name recognition and being on, you know, uh, was he on the Great Race, the Amazing Race? Is that what he was on, or was he uh, on Survivor? Survivor. He was on Survivor on CBS, he if I remember right. Bring that as well. So he can bring mm-hmm. those fans over to the WWE. So, um, uh, you know, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Impact, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Angel, um, Johnny Be Good. I'm hoping Johnny that Sm- <laughs> Johnny SmackDown, <laughs> Johnny Raw, Johnny NXT. Yeah. Like, you know, it opens I'm up hoping, a whole avenue of stuff. It does, and I'm hoping that you got some good money out of it because you know you worked your ass off on the indies and didn't have to uh, um didn't ride that wwe of course you know that got him in the door the, the wwe right. you know recognition but you know i'm happy for him you know I, i'm hoping that they do well with him because i think he could he could bring a lot to them and help, you know, maybe get some ratings up. And, of course, you know, for the first couple of weeks or maybe a month, I'm sure the ratings will be up on whatever program he's on just to see what they're going to do with him. Um, But, you know, and maybe Ty will be, you know, soon. Maybe she will be around. Uh, She'd be great in that women's division. Um, You know, she's just such a good baddie. Mm -hmm. Um, Had a great match at WrestleCade. Uh, I've never had a bad match, I don't think. I don't think I've ever seen her in a bad match. Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I think it's a good thing for him, and I think it's even a, an even better thing for the WWE. I'm, I'm on the fence about it, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, you know, he is one of those guys that, uh, you know, had great success in the WWE several years ago, obviously was released goes on and I loved his work in Lucha Underground, the Worldwide Underground. I, I loved that faction, him, Taya, PJ Black. I loved loved the whole loved the whole thing. Uh the Impact Wrestling, again, a huge nod to them for picking him up. Uh and he did a lot of things. I one of one of the things that I will credit him with is that John transformed not his not his gimmick, not not him as the person, but transform his entire in-ring set uh the way that he wrestled in the wwe years ago is not the way that john wrestles now and i think that's a huge tribute uh, or huge tip of the hat to him and knowing that he had to transform himself i mean the john morrison character always has been the john morrison character uh but the transformation of his in-ring style what i'm on the fence about is number one how that in-ring style will play with the WWE. Will they allow him to continue that in-ring style, or do we have to go back to the WWE way of things? The second thing that I'm concerned about is, is that, again, here's another top-level talent that is being thrown into the pool with a bunch of other top-level talent. Where do we make room for John Morrison? Where will John Morrison fit in? in the big picture of things, you know, will he be a direct to raw, direct to SmackDown type guy, or do they, do they bring him into NXT? You know, that kind of thing. 
What is it? Put him in NXT. Let him and Balor go at it. No, that that that's plausible. That's possible. My concern is is that here's another top level talent being signed to a multi year deal and getting thrown into the into the pond. And I almost have this feeling like it's yeah, it's like sink or swim or tread water or you know whatever. How long can you hold your breath? You know, I'll, I'll, huge congratulations. Obviously, you know it's it's a big deal. Mike, Those are just my, my concerns. <laughs> Ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, speaking of a Bennett, but not not Mike Bennett, a different Bennett, Stu Bennett. Some of you will know him as uh, Bad News Barrett. Has joined or will be joining the NWA oh, commentary team with yeah. Joe Galley debuting at the Into the Fire pay-per-view coming up uh, this month uh, for the NWA. Uh, you you good with him on commentary or oh, not so much? We've been watching him on um, some, I don't even remember the name of it, but my aunt had caught it on some channel, uh, some um, wrestling out of England. Uh-huh. So it had a, it had a grado. And um, I want to say it had maybe Davy Boy Smith okay. Jr. Um, but yeah, I was, he was a heel. He was great. He was cocky. I I like him on commentary. I have a problem. I, I I think that maybe I'm not so sure if um, you know. I think that Cornette brought. I don't want to say legitimacy, but Cornette brought like a legacy. And I understand why he's not there. I'm not taking up for him. I'm just stating a fact. Cornette brought old NWA nostalgia. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see what he does. I think it's. Um, I think you're right. I think the Cornette thing it brought the legacy, the legitimacy of the NWA. I mean, here is a. Here was an NWA guy through and through and Jim Cornette in the heyday of the NWA. Now we bring in Stu Bennett to work beside of Joe Galley. A lot of people we talked to this past weekend thought that Dave Marquez could, should get the nod, just make it a two-man team and have him split off to do uh, interviews. Uh, that seemed like it might be viable. But you bring in Bennett and you get an in-ring performer's perspective uh, you know, an actual wrestler's perspective right. into what's going on in the matches. So, and that's something that Cornette uh, didn't do, couldn't necessarily do. He was never, never claimed to be a wrestler. He always claimed to be a manager. Uh, did he always get involved? Absolutely. But now you get the actual, you know, an actual performer per- perspective on what's going on in the ring and, and what might someone do or not do or why they did what they've done and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we'll give it a chance, you know, and see what, uh, see what happens. I know there's been a lot of, a lot of backlash, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of backlash over the last couple of episodes from NWA power. And I, I think part of that is they're just not like the, the previous episodes in the sense that, uh, there was more talking, and obviously they're setting stuff up for the pay-per-view. And I think what other people, what people have to keep in mind too, is that we also had, you know, the incident with Cornette. Cornette has to be let go. There's some things that they, you know, they tried to 
drive away from, but this past week they gave a nod to Jim, told him thank you for his contribution, so on and so forth. Now they're, you know, that's the end of season one. They go into the pay-per-view, and then we'll see what we get coming up <clears> after <throat> that. So Stu Bennett joins the NWA commentary team coming up in December. Um, real quick, mentioning the NWA, uh, mm-hmm. I did not see the whole episode of NWA Power. I just watched the last match. Mm-hmm. And tickled pink, I am. Um, I've transformed. I was transferred back to um, 1986. I was 12 years old. Uh, especially when at WrestleCade, Rock and Rollers King came on. Oh, Bob, I almost lost it. I did. I almost. <laughs> I screwed up. I really and truly did because yeah. they so much to me and it's not just you know wrestling it's like a time in my life when all was right with the world right it takes me back to that every time and you know i'm going to give you a spoiler alert i'm going to give you three two one hit pause fast forward whatever you need to do the rock and roll express are now the nine times nine times NWA World Tag Team Champion. An unbelievable feat, uh, given all the circumstances. And I think one of the things that they really drove home uh, on and on the NWA Power episode, and I, th- I think it, I think that it really need mentioning, you know, because obviously, and I don't want people to take me wrong, this is no slight. Obviously, Ricky and Robert, uh, you know. Robert Gibson, Ricky Morton are getting older. Okay. I mean, that, that's, that's more than obvious, but the thing that they drove home was, is that these guys have never stopped wrestling. And I think that was very, very important for fans to know that these guys just weren't brought in for the, you know, nostalgia's sake, you know, they just weren't brought in because they were, you know, the rock and roll express that they were former NWA tag team champions that these guys have never stopped wrestling just because they weren't on TV didn't mean that they weren't doing their thing. They've been doing their thing the entire time. They are still active competitors. They are still active wrestlers. And I think it was very, very, uh, what's a good word I'm looking for? Uh, A good forethought of the NWA to make sure that they hammered that, that home, you know, that they're, that they're still, they're still doing this. This is what they do for a living. Absolutely. I mean, they, you know, wrestled in, um, you know, Ring of Honor here recently, you know. Yeah. Took on the Briscoes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And I think that's something, I think that's a thing that gets lost on fans sometimes is, you know, they'll see people that were on the WWE or at Impact or wherever and they're not on TV anymore. Well, they just must have, you know, stopped. No, they didn't stop. They're they're still going. They're still going. So, huge congratulations to the Rock and Roll Express at the uh, at the NWA pay per view. They will defend the tag team titles against the former champions, the Wild Cards. They will get their rematch. So we'll have to see what happens there. But yeah, huge congratulations to Ricky and Robert. Last bit of good news that I saw today, as a matter of fact. Former show guest, Matt Hardy. Yes, that Matt Hardy. That's Mr. Hardy to you. That's Matt to Laura and I. And Ribby, welcome baby number 
three, and guess what? It's what? another it's another boy. Three boys. Now they got free bird rules in the house. They got three sure three did. boys. They got three boys running around. Ruby's gonna pull her hair out. Three 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 beautiful. It's boys. okay, Ruby. I'll swim in the sea of testosterone. You can too. <laughs> so wanna send out a huge congratulations to our good friend Matt Hardy and to his lovely wife on the birth of baby number three. Matt said on Twitter today that both the baby and mom were doing great. So happy, so happy for them, so happy to hear that news. So congratulations from us to you on that. Uh, now we get to uh, get to roll on to the, the meat and potatoes of this show. Uh, obviously, unless you were living underneath of a rock the entire weekend, this past weekend was WrestleCade weekend in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, probably should right off the bat thank Tracy, Brian, George South, the entire event staff, uh, behind the scenes, everybody at the Benton Convention Center, and all the good people at the Marriott in Winston-Salem for taking care of all these crazy wrestling fans that were running around town for three days. So want to give them huge, huge, huge thank you. Uh, it's a it's a monumental, big, big undertaking, big undertaking. Uh, so want to make sure that we get out all those good thank yous and props. So we get to um, we get to Winston Salem on Friday, and we get the first event that we get is the showcase of champions. Now. You know, it's the funny thing about this is that I was thinking about it. It's kind of almost like what we were talking about with Queens of Combat, which we'll get to. But Showcase of Champions, I can remember the first couple that were there. Uh, you and I had said it almost seemed like the really diehard fans were there at Showcase. Uh, because right. you knew that you were going to get to see matches that you wouldn't get to see anyplace else. You know, and Tracy had mentioned it on the show about the number of promotions that had reached out this year saying, Hey, yeah, we want to, we want to be involved with this. Uh, and it just goes to show how, you know, promotions can work together and bring and come together and bring forth a great event on people that you typically wouldn't get to see and matchups that you wouldn't get to see. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. You know, uh, seeing, you know, our good friends at Wildcats, getting to see them, um, mm -hmm. getting to see people like the Carnies. Well, one Carney. <laughs> we got to see <laughs> one Carney. Um, one Carney. One Carney. And, you know, um, getting to see people like, you know, I don't think you'd ever seen Brian Pillman Jr. wrestle live, right? I had not seen Brian Pillman Jr. wrestle live, and he... He did wrestle live when you, when we went in, uh, they had a, um, a what's the word? Uh, they had a, like a merch area set up like a little meet and greet area. And there were several people that were, were there. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Was one of them. A lot of people that were on the card were in there. Uh, Billy Brash was in there. Nick Iggy was there. Brian Pillman Jr. Was there. So we got to go in and, and you got the opportunity to either buy some merchandise or get a picture, get an autograph, get an eight by 10, even before uh, the super show. And I would 
suggest to people that uh, that go to the event, whether you go next year, uh, look for those little uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Look for those little opportunities. Just trust me on that. Just look for those opportunities because I think that you'll find you might get a better deal as far as a consumer is concerned on the dollar. But it was really good to see a lot of people that, that we know. We saw uh, Mikey and Tim Tim, the Gymnasty Boys. We got to see them. Yep, happy birthday, uh, by the way. Today is Timmy Lou Retton's birthday, so certainly want to wish Tim a happy birthday. And they absolutely cleaned up this weekend, which we'll get into. Uh, Got to see Billy Brash, and he has physically transformed from when when we first met him. You had mentioned that, right? Yeah, I did. He was just like, holy crap. Yeah, he, um, he has cut a lot of weight. And has put on put on some muscle. Another guy that we got to see uh, that we made mention of that about too was John Schuyler. John Schuyler has bulked up quite a bit. Yeah. I was surprised by that. Um, I had you know seen Schuyler, seen him a whole lot, but seen him in pictures, you know, and had kind of noticed that. You know, he had bulked up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he is the uh, Ultra J champion, uh, mm-hmm. the PWI Ultra J champion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he's been wrestling around the Gibsonville area for uh, CWF and Atlantic. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he certainly, you know, did look different, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to see, as you mentioned, Brian Pillman Jr. had not had the opportunity to see Brian wrestle in person. Uh, he's one of those guys that if he stays injury-free and stays the course, I think that you're probably going to be seeing Brian on TV probably in the next five years. I'm, I really believe that. He has a great personality, very charismatic, uh, a drop kick very reminiscent of his father. Um, so I think he's one of those guys that you probably should pay attention to now. Put on a really good put on a really good showing at the showcase of champions. But for me, I'll go on and tell you what I think the match of the of the night was. For me, it had to have been the three way tag team match for the vacant fest tag team championships between grit the carnies which this uh incarnation of the carnies was nick iggy and Jaden newman unfortunately carrie awful could not be at the event carrie and his wife uh celebrated the birth a premature birth of their baby uh and i've been trying to follow that on social media uh versus the gymnasty boys and got to meet the owners of Fest Wrestling, they were there at the event, but that match, what did you think of that match? That, tell you what, um, Montana Black and TJ Boss, they are tough as they come, intimidating. I think, and I this, I think it's time to give the PWX title to TJ Boss. That's just my opinion. It, it's his time. It's his time. Um, but getting back to that tag match, uh, I mean, it was like 
from the get-go, um, non-stop, uh, Tim and Mike are, you know, really a cut above the rest. Um, I wasn't really familiar with Jaden, but mm-hmm. he is so, I mean, he and Nick do make a great team. Anybody could have won those belts that night, that's for sure. Yeah. It was uh it was very fast paced, a lot to keep up with. Uh Mike and Tim, all all of all of the competitors gave it one hundred percent. I had not seen Nick Eagie wrestle in person with with Jaden uh or Carrie. Uh they did very, very well as a tag team. I'm gonna presume that they had to have worked together at some point. And I can certainly see why Fest Wrestling loves it when the Carnies, whatever incarnation of the Carnies and the Gymnasty Boys get together because it is pure magic, absolutely pure magic. And then you throw TJ and Montana in on top of it as the wild card, two huge men in the ring. I mean, absolutely huge men in the ring. It's like what Laura, what Laura said, anything could have happened and anybody could have walked away with those belts. But in the end, the Gymnasty Boys did win the Fest Tag Team Championship for the third time. So I would expect that you're going to see something from Fest Wrestling. I don't know if you'll see anything this month, maybe in January. I have to keep an eye on that. But uh, huge congratulations to Tim and Mike for uh, one hell of a match. To me, that was the match of the card. One of the things that, uh, one of the blessings, one of the great gifts of uh, of being able to go, you know, this we we did general admission on this show because you know when, you know, th- there was an upcharge to go to the first row, but you know, there's never there's not a bad seat in the house, you know, it's just the way that it right. is. There's not a bad seat, so we decided, you know, we're just going to do general admission, and all of us sat in the uh, in the back row together, and. Just happened, you know, I, I I happened to turn, and along the wall on the table, our good friend George South was there. And I, I, I turned, and I looked, and, and I waved at him, and and George got up and, and came right up to us. And he said, hey, 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 guys, how you doing? How you doing? It's good, George, good. And, and then George South proceeds to <laughs> provide commentary for you and I. Yes. Yeah. On oh, uh, sev- on several of the matches, and I'm not going to not going to name names because it's not important. But what George <laughs> George is telling us is that at one point he looks at you and I and he says, I- "I'm I'm I'm going to leave." I-, I thought that I yeah. I didn't know that this was <laughs> I didn't know that this was an MMA contest. Yeah. I didn't know that we were having box boxing matches here tonight. <laughs> Said, but if, they, if you said if they do this, I'm gonna burn this place down. And <laughs> I can't remember what it was that they were going to do, but they ended up doing it. Like, I'm going they on. did it right I'm after, right on. after he said it. And he says, "I'm going to go sit down now." And he goes, and then he would go to sit down, and he would come back and say, "Just one more thing, just one, one more, right. one more thing." And the funny thing is, is that you know we're sitting there and we're talking, and everybody's just looking at us, and. I'm not like I said. I'm not going to name names, but in one particular match, there is a guy that is under under contract in the ring, and mm-hmm. I I turned to George and I said, George, 
is a guy like this above taking criticism or critiques from behind the curtain? And he looked at it. He looked at Laura and I, and he said, absolutely. He said, they, they think they know, they know it all. They think they know it all. Look, look at what he's doing right now. He has no idea of what he's doing. And, you know, and then he, then he said something else, you know, again, like, you know, if, if this continues, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to get my right. stuff and I'm going to leave. You know, and of course people were just looking at us and, uh, you know, it got, uh, it, it was just, it was one of those moments that, you know, that, that, that Laura and I get to experience with George, who's become such a good friend, a good friend of the show and understands what, what we as fans are looking at and so on and so forth. And I later come to find out, George told us this later come to find out that George went to Arn Anderson and they were talking about the matches Friday night. And he told Arn Anderson that the only two people in that entire venue that understood or got it were you and I. Are you kidding me? No, that's what he told oh me. My God. He said they told Arn Anderson about what was going on in the ring. And he said the only two people in the room that, that realized what was going on were Bob and Laura. Now, what, I'm sure Arn <laughs> Anderson is looking at him saying, who in the hell are Bob and Laura? But, you know. <laughs> George felt it necessary to tell Arn Anderson that we were the only two fans in the room that that that, that knew what the hell was going on. So George has yeah. said a couple of times, you know, he said, I'm gonna tell you this because you understand, you get it. You know. And, and right. it's just you and I do get it. Yes. Yes. We and it's one of those things where uh it's not that here, I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sprain my arm, pat myself or Laura on the back. It's just that there is a certain point where the suspension of disbelief stops is exactly what it is. I want to be, I want to be caught up in the moment. Laura wants to be caught up in the moment. We all want to be caught up in the moment where I'm sitting there and my mouth is open and right. I'm my, and my, I'm having a hard time processing What's going on in the sense that this makes sense? If that makes sense to you, does it, am, I, am I getting yes. my point across? Okay. I want to sit it's there like, like tunnel vision with my mouth open going, oh, my God, for the right reason, not for the wrong reason. Right. And we saw Absolutely. Yeah. So huge props to George South for, for doing that. So. Uh, we get done with Showcase of Champions, and you got to go. I didn't do it because I'm old and had to be in bed before you. You and John went to the Dustin Rhodes event, the final cut, which I guess is like a Q&A or just a sit-down talk, and uh, you and John went to that. How was that How was that show? I know you mentioned it a little bit at the beginning. You know, um well, we were in line, and I got up to talk to him, and and you know, uh, and he, he being Dustin, and uh, just talk. I, I had a, a poster from WCW where he was the natural. I saw Dustin Rhodes in 1989. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, it's probably 1990. Probably was 1990 or 91 in Hillsville, Virginia, at an NWA show. He was tagging mm-hmm. with Linda Wyndham, and I just remember. Uh, how big of a deal it was that he broke on the scene, and you know he was really good, and he I and mean, he he always was, but he was just 
they called him the natural for a reason. He was so good. And mm-hmm. I got up there, I was talking to him and gave me a big old hug. Uh, he and John graduated from the same high school, East Mecklenburg in Charlotte. Uh, Dustin, I believe he told us he was class of 89. John mm-hmm. was class of 91. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were talking about, you know, what it, what had become of the school nowadays, but, you know, he sat down and just talked about AEW uh, and what they're trying to do and how he loves coming to work and sharing his knowledge with these young kids. Um, he talked about, um, you know, how he and Cody felt imprisoned in the WWE, especially that um, – was it Fast Lane that they had that match? They wanted to have a WrestleMania match, and, and they were told by upper management that they were just not good enough. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell the American Dreams kids they're just not good enough. Mm-hmm. Come on now, that's that's bullshit. Is what that is. Um, mm-hmm. I think that I think. Th- I think that's a slap to them just the way that they slap Dusty, too. You and I have talked about this before. When the the WWF, when Dusty Rhodes went to the WWF and they put him in the polka dot deal, you know, and all that. And I, uh, never mind. I I always thought that that was just a slap because they were the competition for all those years. The the sons had to pay for the sins of the father. Right. In 1986, Crockett out earned Vince. Yeah. I've always felt that way. The WWE. They made more money than Vince. And that pissed Vince off and he never forgot it. Yeah. And who was running Rocket uh, Big Big Dust. Yeah. I've um, always felt that and, way. Oh, me too. Um and here he talked about breaking in, he talked about his uh tag team with Booker. Uh, he later on about how wonderful that was. He said that, you know, when he, he told Dusty, you want to be a wrestler? Dusty's like, no, you're not. No. And so finally he relented and, and they had moved back to Texas. They'd moved from Charlotte back to Texas. And um, Dusty said, okay, we'll send you up to Amarillo. I might pay you. I might not. I don't know. Um, I might pay you for travel. You might have to, you know, you know, Pay for it out of your pocket. Now, mind you, Amarillo was probably, I think I want to say, he said maybe six hours from where they were. Texas is a big state. It is a big state. So, you know, he went, he was a referee. Mm -hmm. And so I think I've told you this story, but I think everybody will get a kick out of it. Um, You know, he he bought his own ref gear out of his own pocket. He, He did that. First, uh, match went on went off without a hitch. Second match, Dustin hadn't bought like stretch pants. He'd bought like regular like Dockers, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. So he counts to three, raises the hand of the victor, and people are laughing. And he's like, "Oh God, did did, did I forget to uh, did I hold up the wrong person's hand? No." Right. His meat and two veg were hanging out because he had ripped his pants. 
Uh, so they got, <laughs> so it really was fast lane that night. They <laughs> it, <laughs> it was. People in the back yeah. were laughing. Oh. Um, Dusty was laughing. But, you know, he also talked about, you know, gold dust in the Tourette. That mm-hmm. was the funniest stuff ever. Oh, my God. Uh, so fun. You know, he was a rib. He would do this on planes, and Bob Holly would be like, you know, people start laughing. He's like, don't laugh. Don't laugh. It's not funny. He, he's right. got this condition. You can't, you can't laugh at him. And so right. Vince found out about it was like, oh, yeah, we're going to incorporate this into the We're going to use this. Yeah. And, you know, Dustin is so humble to be the son of who he is and, you know, been in the business for a long time. He was just a really down-to-earth kind of guy. And just, you know, personable, uh, still has a lot to give. Now, he'll tell you he doesn't have a whole lot in the tank left. Uh, But he's got some in the tank left. You know, he's got a bad shoulder. Um, He's been wrestling for 30 years. Wow, that that seems incredible, too, you know, when when you think about it. Now, John had mentioned... Uh, the facilitator of this Q&A and story session was Alicia Atout, correct? And that, that she had correct. really, she really did her homework on this. She did a good job. She did a fantastic job because I'm looking at this chick thinking she's just eye candy. Yeah. She's eye candy. You know, but okay. she had done her homework, had, had thought-provoking questions, even surprised Dustin a couple of times. So, yeah, right. I was really impressed uh, with her. Uh, we told her that. John went by and got a picture uh, with her uh, at, on Saturday, and we told her, hey, you know, uh, really impressed, you know, with what you did and doing your homework and everything. And she was very appreciative uh, of our compliments. I think this this woman here can go far. So this turns into like a, um, a traveling show or if it, if somebody, if a listener happens to see this build in their town as part of an event on a scale of one to 10, what grade would you give it? Oh, I'd give it like an 11 or 12. It, it really? Was okay. Good. That uh, good. It, it really, and, and truly, um, it really and truly was that good and especially if you you know were a gold dust fan he he even talked about seven about that right. whole debacle yeah um that was interesting uh and that's is that when he came out with the white mask on and the big black yeah. hat and the black trench coat yeah and basically killed the gimmick and w- before it even got yeah. started yeah uh what i I wish, and the only time I've ever mentioned Black Rain to him, which was his character in TNA, he had a, yeah. a, a, a Q&A on Twitter one day, and I said something about, you know, uh, what about Black Rain? He's like, I don't talk about him. Okay. I'd <laughs> <Yeah>. rather forget <laughs> okay. about it. <laughs> but, you know, um, if you are an old school fan, if you're a fan of his work on AEW, if you're a Gold Dust fan, um, you should really check it out. You really and truly should. It was it was great. I was thoroughly entertained. Cool. That is cool. 
That is good stuff. Except uh, for this part. Let me just yeah. say this part real quick. Tracy okay. Myers had put out on social media before the uh, before the before WrestleCade got started that you know everybody needs to wash and use deodorant. John <laughs> <laughs> had to switch seats because the guy next to me stunk so bad. Uh, never fails. In this world, you smell like you have died. See, there were a couple of guys that came and sat in front of us at Showcase. And they ended up moving because I don't think they had front row seats. They didn't buy the upgrade. No, was it? Yeah, no. I'm sorry. At Queens of Combat. I'm sorry. I apologize. That didn't buy the upcharge. And thank God that they moved because that was the same thing. The one dude looked like he had just rolled out of bed. And I don't, yeah, uh, at any rate, I mean, come on folks, it's not hard, you know, shower, deodorant, soap, water, the essentials of life for the essentials. If you can afford to come to WrestleCade. You can afford a bar of soap. You can afford, go down to the dollar store. There was soap in the hotel. They provided it. Heck yeah, there was. And you could go to the Dollar Tree and get a dollar deodorant. Yeah. It's even brand name. So, you know. <laughs> God. You, <laughs> you're I know. I know exactly what you're saying. So that wrapped up the, the Friday evening festivities, and everybody's up bright and early for WrestleCade Fan Fest because everybody's really excited and giddy uh, about being able to meet the people that they want to meet. Uh, Absolutely. The first person that I met, I had a lot of people ask me, who is the who is the greatest person that you met or who is the, your favorite person that you met at WrestleCade weekend? You know, did you meet Sid Vicious? You know, did you meet the great Muda? Did you do this? Did you do that? The great, the greatest, my favorite person that I met at WrestleCade weekend was a little girl named Penny. She, and she was adorable. I want to give a huge shout out to my new friend Penny at positivepins.com and that's paws like animal paws p a w s i t i v e pins.com probably the highlight of the day that set the tone for the whole day uh, this little girl uh makes pins draws them colors them makes buttons has buttons made based off of her designs, I should say. And she picks a different charity to uh, donate money to. You can find them. They are on uh, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff at Positive Pens. I would highly encourage you to check out the page. Uh, so I wanted to say hello to Penny. I told her that I would. I told her and her mom, hi, Penny. Uh, it was very, very nice to meet you and absolutely set the tone for the day. Uh, what a what a treasure, an absolute treasure she was to me. Um, I think that it, it bears both the good and the bad. And one of the things I want to address, and it's easiest probably for me to address it 
by telling you to go to the promoters page, Tracy Myers, uh, on Facebook, and he will tell you in great detail about the great Muda mishap. There was a couple of guys, Muda Gate, there were a couple of guys that were vendors that were responsible for bringing Muda in, uh, package sales on, on pictures and all this stuff to boil it down, really make it really, really simple and trying not to keep the show out of the gutter with a bunch of foul language. Uh, these guys basically stiffed Tracy and Tracy with had the wherewithal and had the means to make everything right financially between Muda and Sonny Ono and the people, the, uh, that, that, you know, the powers that be, uh, in order to get Muda to fulfill his obligation, he had not been paid. Um, and basically these guys stiff Tracy is, is what it is. It, that's what it boils down to. Um, and I think, uh, Tracy deserves a huge round of applause, uh, and the fans for being, uh, understanding. I mean, Tracy just told them the truth. This is what's happened. These guys stiffed him. You know, these guys, these guys stiffed them. You know, I had to pick up the tab. We're going to try to make it right the best way possible. And, you know, that's how it went. Uh, But that's the deal with Muda. So you can read into it, whatever you want to read into it. Uh, I know that people were, you know, questioning what was going on, but that that's the true story. You know, these guys stiffed him. So, you know, that's the way that it goes. And this isn't the first time in, WrestleCade history that people have tried to stiff or have stiffed Tracy and, and the and the crew on on some different things and each time they've tried to make it right for the fans. So I want to give a, again a huge shout out to Tracy. So you and I are, are standing in the hallway and lo and behold a voice comes out and says, "Well, if it isn't Bob and Laura." And we turn around and who's there? Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> Our good friend Tessa Blanchard, uh, her fiance Daga, and Mr. Number One George South are suddenly we find ourselves thrust in the middle of this. We uh, said hello to Tessa and got to shake hands with her fiance and all that other good stuff. And uh, it was very, very nice to have Tessa come up and, you know, talk to us and all that stuff before all the craziness of the of the event went on. She had a noticeable black eye from the show that she, she did, did in the UK. Uh, said that her eye was fine. Her vision was still a little bit blurry, that she wasn't going to wrestle that weekend, which everybody had already known. Um, but very nice of her to uh, to come out and, uh, or, you know, beforehand and, and come talk to us and all that good stuff. A couple of, I'm going to tell you a couple of people I met and share one story and then I'll let you go. Uh, I got to meet Bill Alfonso. Uh, I got to meet Shane Douglas. I got to meet Selena De Laurenta. We had her on the show this year. Very nice lady. Got to meet Raven. I went up to Raven and I told him, I just want to let you know that I hated your guts forever. And he said, well, I guess I did my job then. And I said, he said, do you mind me asking why you hated me so much? And I said, because Tommy Dreamer could never beat you. And he said, well, I guess I did my job. Let's take a picture. So we took a picture. Um, but as my clock goes off to tell me it's eight o'clock, um, 
I was on the fence about meeting a particular person. And I think that I had told this story on the show before. <clears throat> it was in 1999, late 99. Arn Anderson's career was wrapping up in, in WCW. And he was making a transition from in-ring talent to road agent, backstage producer, so on and so forth. And I met Arn in a hotel lounge. And I walked up to him, and he was talking to a couple people. And I said, Mr. Anderson, I said, I'm a huge fan. Can I get a picture? And he looked at me. He said, can't you see I'm talking to somebody? He said, won't you just stand right there? So I stood there, and I stood there, and I stood there, and I stood there. 20 minutes later, Arn Anderson turns around. And he goes, are you still here? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, where's the camera at? I said, my friend's standing right there with it. He said, snap the picture. So we snapped a picture, and I've shared the picture before. Uh, so I go up to Arn Anderson, and I told him, I said, Mr. Anderson, I said, I met you in 1999, and I told him the story. And he looked at me, and he said, I just want to let you know that I'm sorry. When Arn Anderson said that, my knees about went out from underneath of me. I said, excuse me? He said, I wasn't a very nice guy. As a matter of fact, I was an asshole back then. I was a pretty big prick. And I kind of consider this now my third career, my third go around. And part of it is hearing stories like this about how much of an asshole I was to the fans. And we're going to make that right today. We're going to make it up and we're going to take a picture today. And you're, you're going to let me apologize to you. And I was like, holy crap so he said here i want you to hold the belt so i held the belt we held up the four took the picture and he said you know again that you know that he was sorry and i told him that the the thing that had swayed me was hearing a little bit of the podcast that him and conrad thompson do the orange show and him saying that when he broke into the business that it was a huge mark for rick flair and I told him, I said, I never thought I'd ever hear you use the term Mark. And he goes, don't ever let anybody, any professional wrestler tell you or look down their nose at you and use Mark in a condescending way. He said, because we are all Marks. And I said, thanked him very much for his time. And that was it. I was very, very happy that, uh, that, I, that I took the time all these years later to try to, you know, make it right, you know, and, and tell him how I felt. And I'm glad that I did. I'm really glad that I did. I got to see Tessa Blanchard told her that I think that she will win the impact championship. And she just looked at me and smiled. You can read into that, whatever you like. And then the last thing I wanted to mention real briefly is, is that for as much shit is that I've seen on social media about all these quote-unquote people in professional wrestling that are making fun of Superhuman, this guy that does his thing, which I've told you, if he's going to do it, let him do it. <clears throat> For all those people, excuse me, that were making fun of him, boy, there sure were a lot of people taking pictures with him, and I'm not talking about just fans. Right. I'm not talking about just fans. There were a lot of people. A lot of wrestlers. Yeah, a lot of wrestlers. Look, hey, if this dude wants to jump off of his porch onto a microwave, have at it, kid. 
Knock yourself out. That's what I say. If that's what you want to do, go on and do it. But don't sit there and, and, and make fun of this dude on social media and then turn around and I see you post a picture with him, you know, two months later. That that ain't going to fly with me. So, But you had just as good of an experience. You got to meet some people that you had been wanting to meet for a while. Yeah, I got to meet the great Muda. And, um, man, um, I had a um, – John isn't into autographs. He's all about – he's got a couple autographs, don't get me wrong. But him, it's the picture. It's getting the picture right. with the, the person. So I talked him – well, I, it wasn't really talked him into it. I asked him if he would um, get something else of mine signed. I had um, I had a picture of uh, Kendo Nagasaki, uh, Sir, Sir Oliver Humperdinck, and Muda together when Buddha, when Muda was known as the Ninja. Mm-hmm. This was from Championship Wrestling. So I got to meet Kendo Nagasaki at the gathering, and I got him to sign that picture. And I got Muda to sign it as well. And Muda Ooh. looked at it and he kind of laughed. And he was like, I had more hair then. And I just laughed. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, I had found an old NWA wrap-up, which was a magazine that the NWA had put out. Uh, I think it was about the time that Turner had bought Jim Crockett Promotions. And on the inside was a very, it's a cartoon of uh, Sting and Muda. Muda's got Sting in a headlock and he's spitting green mist. I'll I'll have to post the pictures. I've not posted any pictures of anything like that. Uh, I got John to get get him to sign that. The guy was an absolute joy. He really and truly was because... um, you know, growing up, the great Kabuki was like this enigma from Japan. He would come out with mm-hmm. the, the ceremonial mask on, and, right. you know, Gary Hart had him, and he spit this mist, and it was like, shoo, this yeah. fella ain't playing. So right. um, when Muda came along, it was the second coming of the great Kabuki. And, of course, right. You know, the storyline was he was the son of the great Kabuki. Great Kabuki, yeah. So, you know, this, and and I think, you know, obviously Ric Flair and the Clash of Champions match made Sting. But I think what really helped Sting propel himself uh, after that was the, the series of matches he had with Muda. Well, you know, the, we we mentioned this at the dinner when Brandon was sitting there talking. We, we were talking about this. If you look back throughout the 80s and the 90s, there were only two guys that came from Japan with any regularity. And that's why I think that there's such huge stars here today. One being Muda and the other being Jushin Liger. Absolutely. I mean, other than that, it wasn't other than maybe at like – a one-off event at the garden or something like that, that maybe wasn't right. televised. I mean, these were the guys that you, that it was a, a treat to see because you saw them and then they were gone and they were gone a long time. It wasn't like they were there right. on a regular basis, but let's say, sorry for the interruption. No, 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 you're fine. Uh, 
so, you know, Tracy came to us and told us what was going on and that he could honor everyone's purchase, even though he didn't have the money uh, in his hands. You know, he would pay for it out of his own pocket, which, you know, um, a lot of promoters would have been like, well, Yep, I don't it is what it is. <laughs> Sorry you know, about your damn luck. Definitely. Well, James Storm here about your yep. damn luck. Yep. Uh, but he didn't. And Tracy Myers certainly appreciated that. Um, went around for Fan Fest, uh, met Superhuman, who I think he's very socially awkward. Um his, his good, good friend good Paul friend. said more than what he did. Yeah, Paul yeah. said more than what he did. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, John took, had his picture made with him, and I did, and I saw they had three mouse traps on the yeah. uh, table. And I was like, hey, can we take a picture with the mouse trap? And Superhuman was telling us, yeah. And Paul was like, oh, wow, that's a good idea. So right. um took a picture with them. Uh, went over and talked with Black Bart. Oh, my goodness. A uh, friend of uh, ours, uh, I just met John, uh, another John, uh, at the gathering, but he's known my John for a long time. And he was in front of us, and he had a, he had a world-class encyclopedia. And, or he had, he had, well, it wasn't world-class. He had a professional wrestling encyclopedia. It didn't have anything to do with the WWE. And he had... Uh, that had Black Bart uh, sign it. Now, uh, John uh, has had, uh, I think, both uh, legs amputated. So he walks with, uh, like, arm canes. I'm not exactly sure what you call them, but you know the kind of canes that wrap around your arm. Um, so he walks with them. So I was helping him, and uh, Black Bart looked at me and said, Darling, do you mind holding this for him so it doesn't the ink doesn't smear? No, sir, I don't. Not at all. Right. And so I finally got up to talk to him, and I said, you know, you legit scared me when I was a kid. No, I did not. What are you talking about? (laughs) And, you know, make noise. I said, you scared me to death. Where, Where did I scare you to death? And I said, in the Roanoke Civic Center, I've never been to the Roanoke Civic Center. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, um, just a great guy. Just a great overall guy. Um, talked to Rich Swan. Yeah. I had one of those finger uh, cards. Uh, he's the last one that I'm, other than, I could probably uh, mail one to Larry Dallas and, and with a self-addressed stamped envelope and get it back. Uh, the other two, well, if Biff Music gets his release from WWE, I can get him to sign. And mm-hmm. I've got Trent Beretta and Anthony Neese left. Um, okay. But anyway, talking to Rich, and uh, we were talking about all the people from the WWE that were there. Right. Mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Enzo's right there. Do what? Enzo, yeah. <laughs> it's behind you. Right. Shut he is not. I'm like, yeah, look at him. And he took off. Yeah. So John and I followed him and took some pictures of him and Enzo and just absolutely thrilled to see one another. They really we, we, and truly were. We talked about uh, that, about the number of times that we said, you know, 
they mentioned would mention somebody, well, I worked with so-and-so or I haven't seen so-and-so and they're like two booths down or they're in right. the next row and they had no idea that they're there. Craziness. Absolute yeah. craziness. So, um, John had met the Freebirds at a fan fest in Charlotte. And John was uh, fortunate enough to meet, I believe, Buddy Rogers, uh, Buddy Roberts, rather, and uh, Big Daddy Dink. I believe they all were there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, unfortunately, didn't know John back in the day, so I didn't get that. So we both met, uh, we both had met Jimmy Garvin before but got to meet Michael Hayes. He's working his WWE producer shirt, working right. there. Yeah. And um, I got my picture and, and paid for an autograph, and uh, I handed him my calendar. I said, do you remember this calendar? He looked at me and said, barely. And he's barely. like, uh, <laughs> I remember last week. <laughs> he's, yeah. uh, he's at it, and he's, where should I sign it? And I said, Signed it on the purely sexy part, and he just laughed, and it, he signed it on his butt, of course. <laughs> so I send Adam Pierce, Scrap Daddy, Scrap Iron, um, Adam Pierce, and um, I send him a message because I sent him a picture of the Terry Taylor because he works with Terry Taylor right. at NXT, and uh, I sent him uh, a, a message, and I said I met. Michael this weekend and he signed my calendar and uh, I got back a week for you uh, I guess oh, because of the, <laughs> the calendar That's funny. Right. Uh, but that was great um, meeting Enzo I don't care what anybody says about that fella I'm going to be a fan of his until either I die or he dies right. that man was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Talked to people um, and just hugged people. It was great. It was, I didn't expect him to be anything like that. I didn't exactly know what I was going to get, just to be honest right. with you. Right. But, you know, I mentioned watching him on Instagram. I love his Instagram posts. He's got a cute little dog. Uh, actually, the bulldog, and he's like, you know, thanks to Instagram, I don't have to wrestle anymore. We got to talking with him, and we had mentioned that Arn Anderson was was here. Right. And, and it's like, no way. I'm like, yeah, he's just right down there. So we took off, and we're taking pictures of him and Arn. Here's the funny thing, though, is, um, well, I took a picture of him and Rikishi. He stopped and said hello to Rikishi. Stopped and said hello to Teddy Long. Um, you know, Arn didn't get up for him. Mm-mm. Arn's sitting right there. Uh, but the Rockwell Express was really happy to see him. Um, I, I just think it's good for him because I know when he, you know, when he got fired, it was a bad thing. I, I know it left a, a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Um, but, you know, he does a lot of things for, um, you know, sick children, you know, terminally mm-hmm. ill children. So, like I said, I'm a fan of his for life. I really and truly am. I'm trying to think of who else that uh, – we were, John and I got our picture with Tessa. You know, mm-hmm. uh, she came around the table for us because we've known Tessa. John actually sat with Tessa 
at a Queens of Combat show one time. <laughs> um, so, Excuse me. John John goes way back with her, and I've you know uh, loved telling the story of how at the, one of the Grindhouse shows. I don't know who in the hell talked her into going, but he was Tommy Thomas. And I'm at, I come out on the porch there at uh, Tremont uh, Music Hall, and there's this old fart talking to her. I remember your daddy. <laughs> Let me tell you about a time in 86. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I could dig a hole and crawl in it. And so I go up to my I said, I think Tommy's looking for you. Mm-hmm. And I said, here, I'll show you. And, and so we walked off, and she's like, thank you. Thank you so much. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, you want to put them in? Um, That's, I, sh- I showed I showed the the woman that was assisting her. I took a Chastity. I took a screenshot. Of, I, I no, there was another lady there before Chastity. It was an old uh-huh. older lady. I showed gotcha. her. I took a screenshot of Tessa's first eight by ten promo picture, and I took oh, it and I showed it to her. <laughs> it was just like. Oh, it's, it's like, hey, <laughs> yeah. like who was yeah. who is this girl? Yeah, in exactly. Photo? Um, yeah. Uh, while I was trying to find Big Donnie, uh, John had gone in and met Ron Garvin because um, John, um, I don't remember the story exactly, but uh, Ron Garvin was running a business uh, in Charlotte. I think he fixed roots. And while he was wrestling. And so they fixed, I think, their room. John held one of those Ronnie Garvin towels that was embroidered. Mm -hmm. He'd given it to him. And, and of course, he didn't keep up with it. But um, he he told Ron Garvin about that. And he got a big kick out of that. And he met Selena. um, Mm -hmm. uh, He met her. Uh... There was just so many people and so yeah. much going on. Uh, yeah. Paul Michelle Isaac was like, I didn't know Al Perez was there. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, but um, I, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, Camille, I got to meet Camille. I really wanted right. to meet her. I did not meet her when she and Nick Aldis were together uh, at Russell Cave last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Super nice person. Yes. And, and, and people were coming up to her. She was sitting there on the phone, and I'm like, "Why are the people not?" You know, I pre- I told her I appreciated, you know, her presence on TV, and that you know, you need we need strong women, and not necessarily in a wrestling role, but you know, you need that kind of, you know, baby doll kind of figure because baby doll would get up in men's faces, and she didn't care. Right. Um, but you know, and, and didn't take the bumps like Camille does, though. But um, I'm trying to think of uh, who else we met and saw. I think I got Teddy Long to uh, sign a a poster of where he leads Magnum out um, for like one of the first times. I think it might have been at the Crockett Cup in Baltimore. Um, hmm. And I've got to get Magnum to sign it. I just didn't get around to Magnum. Um, but just 
so many things going on, so many people. I keep saying every year I'm really afraid that WrestleCade has outgrown the Benton Convention Center. Yeah, it makes it makes it tough. Uh there's plenty of there's plenty of room to walk around. There are a couple of choke points, uh, because a lot of times people will say, you know, again we talk about tunnel vision a lot. They'll say, oh, I, I don't I didn't see so and so. Well, they were just two tables down from the people that you were really wanting to see was sitting right there. Or, you know, you just happen to walk past them and, and remember, you know, th- that kind of thing. So, it, yeah, it, it, it's tough. Um, but, yeah, th- it, just a lot of a lot of people, a lot of excitement and, uh, you know, getting to meet people that, uh, you know, I certainly idolized, you idolized. So it, uh, the Fan Fest is always, always a great time, always a great time. And then, of course, we got to the to the super show that night and we had uh gotten third row seats for that had really good seats i give you a couple of things a couple of points uh, bullet points that i put down uh just as you know favorites or, or moments crime time versus the dawson's crime time is still over after you know after all these <laughs> years jtg and chad are still over i mean just over they had a really good match against the Dawsons, worked very well together. W- one of the matches of the night for me, it, it, I, I can flip it back and forth. I've been trying to go through it in my mind, and, and to me it's a tie. Everybody wants to know what was the, the best match on the card that night. It's a tie for me. One of those was Luke Hawks and his son, PJ, uh, Hawks Airy versus Rich Swan and Willie Mack versus the Gymnasty Boys. That was just one hell of a match. I mean, just one hell of a match all the way top to bottom. Can't can't complain about that. They did some awesome stuff in that match. Uh, obviously, huge pop of the night, probably the biggest pop of the night, was George South versus the great Muda. Um, wow. And then George, yeah, I mean, you. it's hard to put into words the energy – the the tingling you know how they talk about how you can feel the the hair on the back of your neck stand up or you you can feel electricity in the room that moment you could you could you could feel it it was palpable palpable in the room i mean it just it was just crazy uh and then george goes on and proceeds to cut a three-minute promo (laughs) on the the great people <laughs> the great people of Winston Salem, <laughs> which was awesome. Uh, and then, obviously, the big breaking news was the current NWA World Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis coming out and confronting Muda. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. That made it onto uh, the NWA Power episode this week. Everybody had been going nuts. The internet had been exploding over. Ricky Morton doing the Canadian Destroyer. Well, Ricky Morton did a suicide dive. I never in my life thought that I'd ever see Ricky Morton do a suicide dive out of the ring, but by God, he did it. And then for me, and there's a little bit of a backstory of this. A lot of people have been following this on social media. Former ECW competitor, the Sandman, uh, has kind of gotten his ass lit on fire on social media. Uh, part of the story is is that during the top ropes top 
rope belts battle royal. The Sandman wanted to come out to his entrance music, the famous Inner Sandman theme that he used through ECW. They did it last year. It received one hell of an ovation, big pop. You know, everybody loved it. This year, they felt like you couldn't, you could not capture lightning in a bottle twice like that. Asked him to come out to the ring with the other competitors, just playing the the canned music that they had. Evidently, he took offense to that and had was already intoxicated and began parading around the arena with a Singapore cane and a half a twenty four pack already gone, making a spectacle of himself to the point where. He jumped over one rail and went towards a way that didn't have an exit and had to be turned around and so on and so forth. And I guess somehow makes his way backstage and proceeds to tell the women that were in the main event, which would be Jordan Grace, Rosemary. We would come to find out Sue Young, Taya Valkyrie, and Tessa Blanchard that that no woman no women's match should ever main event an event period. And that any wrestler with any time in the business would tell them that to which Tessa Blanchard came out before the women's main event match and told the Sandman all about himself. Yeah. Told the Sandman all about himself. And of course, Jordan Grace put something out on Twitter about it as well. And, uh, you know, that's what happens when you get somebody that's riding on nostalgic gas and Budweiser. And he was already he was already tanked, you know, and, uh, you know, just, you know, uh, unfortunate. But you can't let that overshadow what took place. And what took place was is that the four women went out there and absolutely killed it. Absolutely sure killed it. Uh, I, I mentioned to you. I don't know why Jordan Grace is not signed. I know she's signed with Impact. I hope Impact has her locked down because she is an absolute beast, an absolute beast in the ring. Those four, those four ladies knocked it out of the park again. And like what Tracy had said on the show when we had him on here last, uh, the week before last, Taya Valkyrie has had the best matches at WrestleCade as voted by the fans. I mean, they just they are they are tougher than shoe leather. I mean that that match was unbelievable. So for me, it was it was a back and forth. You know what I mean? It, it sure was. Um, you know, I've seen Jordan Grace before live. I'll, I'll George George calls. Um, you need to just hush about Sandman because I don't no. like this at all because. He was in behind me and John, putting beer in people's mouths. Ah. This so, is, I mean, if we're going to be honest about it, listen, this guy was in the right place at the right time. I, I never considered, of all the talents that came through ECW, here's what his entrance got him over. That was his whole gimmick. He was a... Let's just be honest about it. He was a terrible wrestler. He was a terrible wrestler in the ring. He was he was sloppy. Most of the time he was drunk. That's no bullshit. He'll tell you that. Most of the time he was intoxicated during his matches and it showed. I I don't I don't have any idea and he parlayed that into a money contract with WCW when they started rating ECW talent that the WWE didn't want. 
And, you know, it just, he, he, he was in the right place at the right time. The, the gimmick got him over. It wasn't anything about his skill. So anyway, I'm sorry. Right. And I mean, I don't have a problem. I never had a problem with him because last week, uh, last week, last year, but I never experienced anything like that. It was, that was unbelievable. Awesome. It really and truly was. But I'm sorry because here's the funny thing, too, is that, and, and maybe, you know, I think we need to talk about another announcement we made over the weekend, and we can do that a little later. But uh, I might just tell on people before we go out. But anyway, <laughs> I find it very offensive that some men wrestlers' uh, egos get so bruised and they get so butthurt because the women are main of any. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the last time I checked, they were workers too, just like you, Bubba. And if they've got the talent and the story and the chutzpah to be in the main event, then why not? Here's the thing is that any one of those four women could have out-wrestled him on his best day. That's oh, the yeah. truth. That's the gospel truth. You want to talk about embarrassing? I'm not talking about fighting. I'm not talking about swinging the cane around. I'm talking about getting in there and doing pure wrestling. All, any one of those four women could wrestle circles around him. Circles. So yeah. I don't, e- don't even try it with me on that. It's just crazy. It's just absolutely crazy to me. What uh, what what was else was a standout for you during the Super Show? Um, I enjoyed Team Teddy versus Team Alfonso. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I enjoyed it is because of Jason Kincaid. Um, yeah. He actually came up to me. He. He kind of tapped me on the shoulder um, at uh, uh, Showcase, and we talked for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he's another one that I'm just like, this guy is so good. He's so entertaining. Um, why hasn't he been signed somewhere? I know he's got the he's got the uh, the tattoo on his forehead, but so did Ben or on his head, not his forehead. Um, yeah. So then, Piccolo. But Jason right. Kincaid is often a pleasure to watch work. Absolutely. An absolute pleasure. Um, let me see what else was going on in that super show because it was like so much at one time. The Battle Royal, you know, our good mm-hmm. friend uh, Jack Dane yes. tore that up. You know, yeah. and. Our good friend J.B. Cole, one <laughs> 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 victim to superhuman's elbow, uh, Macho Man style elbow. And yes. People were having time with that, you know, shitting all over that. Pardon my French, but I'm like, you know, I came here to see that, you know, and I thought it was absolutely freaking wonderful. I love superhuman. Here's a guy <laughs> who. Doing his own thing. He's not killing anything. He's just nope. doing his own thing. Yeah. He's not killing like anything. <laughs> if he wants to jump off his porch onto a microwave, let him do it. What does Heck it bother yeah. you? What does it bother exactly. you? 
Yeah. And so yeah. that was that was great seeing that. Um, just some funny, funny stuff. Um, that battle royal always has like a ton of people in it, and Mr. Hughes, buddy, he's still working that gimmick. He still got his tie and his shirt. And, uh, <laughs> funny story is that. Um, John met Mr. Hughes at a fan fest one time, and I think he had his hands full. And Mr. Hughes stuck his hand out, and John was trying to, you know, get this and that and the other. Mr. Hughes is like, so you don't want to shake my hand? And John's like, no. <laughs> here, 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 here's my hand. <laughs> oh. That's another one that John and I met. And, oh, um, yeah. I actually got a smile out of it. And I think I'm the only person that got a smile out of him that I've seen so far. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Dre White, who is one of George South's students, is uh, his handler. And so we go up, hey, Dre, how you doing? And talking to him, and they're like, uh, how much for a picture? He's like, 20 bucks. Okay. So he takes my 20 bucks, he takes John's 20 bucks, and puts it in his pocket. And then she looks at him and says, where's the bank bag? He <laughs> <laughs> counted. And nothing get past him. Even that wonky right. eye. He was still had his eye on the money. <laughs> That's what that eye is for. for his, that's his money eye. <laughs> that's the money eye. I thought I was going to fall out. Oh, Lord. And I don't think Dre heard him say that because I, either he heard him say it he didn't answer him, or he did not hear him say that, because he did not answer him either way. But, um, <laughs> funny stuff, I'm telling you. Uh, I'm trying to think, because my brain went into, like, overload, because there were so many matches, there's so much going on. Um, I'm trying to think. Wasn't all that excited about Andrew Everett's new gimmick? Uh, no, I don't I, get it. I, I'm not I'm not a fan of the I'm Andre the Giant's son and I think I'm seven foot tall from Grenoble, France. I don't well, care for it either. And he's on some weight. Yeah. Um, I know. But yeah. yeah, it's just like uh, okay, whatever whatever uh um, But I mean a guy that's that talented like that, I mean, he just he doesn't need it. He you know, he can no, be Andrew Everett. Oh, um, heck, he could be the Chiva kid again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good stuff. And I'm trying to think of um, who did Matt Cross? Now he was in the he was in that tag team. Um, yes. Ethan Page is another one that yeah. um, you know had a good showing. Yes. He's very charismatic. Yes. Um, I'd I'd actually good. saw him wrestle at an Evolve show. A couple of years ago, and thought that he right. was 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 you know was was very good in the ring, very and uh, highly entertaining. And he <clears> wrestled Page <throat> at FIP. Mm-hmm. That's where I yeah. first heard of him. Was was that? Um, trying to think of what else. Um, who else? Um, just a lot of great stuff going on, and yeah. um, you know, the Rock and Roll Express teaming up with Dick Aldis. Yeah. Uh, that was a great thing. Uh, I saw Nick Aldis come in, and the man, you know, 
was dressed immaculately head to toe. He had yes. on, you know, a suit and tie. Um, I think he even had a three-piece suit on and had his hair slicked back. And, you know, when you saw him, he looked like a champion. He looks like the NWA world champion. Correct. Yeah, I mean, he uses... Who's his champion? Yeah, you know, it's like he's walking around with a billboard flashing over top of his head. You know, it says champ. Champ, champ. But um, that was a good match. I, I enjoyed it. And um, crime time. Uh, we were in. Uh, John and I were having breakfast Sunday morning in the hotel uh, restaurant there, and uh, Road Warrior Animal came up to crime time and was like, "That was a great match last night, guys." Yeah. Yeah, that was. Thank you. Yeah, that was a good match. It was a good match. After the uh, after the super show, we went out for our annual wrestle wrestlecade dinner. Had a good time catching up with uh, all of our friends. You know, huge shout out to to Brandon and David and Chris and Michelle and Big Donnie and you and John. We had a very nice dinner. Uh, Get up. Yeah, big roll. Yeah. With stories of, <laughs> of the Hardys handing their children off to little Donnie to watch. Oh my God! Oh, yes. That just brings up all Hand kind of visions right there. Me rolling. I laughed yeah. and laughed, and it was just good to catch up with Donnie because I hadn't seen him in a few years. And I yeah. do want to say, you know, um, you know, our sympathies go out to. Uh, Donnie's daughter Paige who just lost yes. her grandmother. Uh, yes, so absolutely. Thinking about you, Paige. Absolutely. So we get up Sunday morning and there's the uh George South had his church service. They had the world class mm-hmm. panel. Uh we went to Queens of Combat. Want to give a huge nod, shout out to Chris Riddle, uh, who did yeah! the ring announcing for Queens of Combat. Did, did, a, did a very good job. Uh, Tessa was scheduled to wrestle on the Queens of Combat card, could not, but she came out and cut a very cool promo on Maddie Max. I really enjoyed it. Uh, there were a couple of uh, talents that I had not had a chance to see in person, one of them being Selena Rose, who was on this show, was impressed with her, was very impressed she with the young woman. So to see she's us. Yes, she was, so she was both her and that. Jacob. I want to say hello hey, to Jacob, yes. Jacob Bryan, and and Selena, they were they were both very very nice. Came up to us every time we saw them. They said hello and uh, very very uh, very good to meet them in person. Finally, uh, Hayden Ramsey is another young lady that I saw that uh, I would I wish that match would have went longer, but it didn't. Uh, got interfered with, but Hayden Ramsey and Selena Rose are a couple people I would keep my eye on uh, coming up. Uh, the Tasha Steeles Kiera Hogan match was a good match, except for the fact that most of the action was outside of the ring and the ref didn't count. I would have thought at one point you would have just rang the bell and then had one of the management come out and say, we can't do this. We're just going to make this a no DQ and then keep going on. They don't get me wrong. They beat each other pillar to post and, you know, uh, it was just sheer violence 
And then at the end of the match, she wins with a roll up, which didn't make any sense to me, but I'm not the booker. So, uh, and I heard, ladies and gentlemen, I heard the greatest chance in all of indie wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Why count Why now? Why count now? <laughs> this after most of the action had been on the outside for at least 10 minutes. I want to say 10 minutes. Maybe it's five minutes, seven minutes. The ref's right. not counting. I mean, the crowd's counting, trying to get him back into the ring. And then finally, at some point, it kicks in. Uh, maybe I should count on this. Yeah, why, why count now? Uh, My opinion DM- is that those two went into business for themselves. That, that, that could be. Didn't have a, have, didn't have a prayer. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that's my opinion. I don't know that for sure, but I think that's what happened. And he was just kind of like, well, what am I supposed to do now? Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh, the, the original main, the original match scheduled for the Queens of Combat title was supposed to be Tessa Blanchard versus Diamante. Uh, but instead, La Rosa Negra uh, filled in for Tessa. That was a very hard-hitting, entertaining match. It was a very good match. There were two other girls that I saw there uh, that I had not seen before. Dream Girl Ellie and Kenzie Page Henry. Um, Kenzie Page Henry, you will see on TV in five to seven years from now. I'm telling you, this young lady, from what I understand, is very, very young. But she is freakishly good for her age. I mean, freakishly good. I would not be surprised if you don't see her on TV very, very soon. Um, I know that you and John both had things that you had to do, and you guys ended up having to leave. And both, we didn't stay for the AML show. I hear it was a great show. Timmy Lou Retton and White Mike beat the Dawsons, so they actually won the AML tag team titles that night. Um, George South is now the AML wrestling champion, the only Mm two-time champion in the company's history. And I understand that uh, Nick Aldis and King Shane had a barn burner of a match. In fact, it was so hot that the actual fire alarm went off in the building, but nobody left the building uh, is how good the matches were. But unfortunately... Yeah, unfortunately, we couldn't stay. John had work. You had to go. We had to go <clears throat> because I wanted to I wanted to miss traffic. I wanted to try to get a jump on traffic. Well, guess what? We stayed in bumper-to-bumper traffic until we hit the Georgia line. And it took forever to get out of North Carolina and South Carolina. I really, mean, forever. Yeah. Down what? I'm sorry. 77? No, I didn't take 77. Um, It takes me down. um, Why do I want to say 85? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Bumper to bumper. I mean, we were stalled out for at least two hours. Stop and go. Stop and go. So, um, but all in all, uh, we had a great experience again at, at, at Wrestle K. I know I did. You have a good. You had a good time, right? I had a great time. Um, I, I would like to mention something 
a couple of things. Um, I always get George South a little something uh, every time I see him, um, just because he's he's just important to me. So gave him a little Batman Santa hat and right. um, a little Batman ornament. It was old school Batman because that's what George likes. He likes the old school right. Batman. Right. And uh, he he always uh, has something for me as well. And this time he had given me a creative loafing, uh, which um, if you're not in the know, creative loafing is uh, a uh, – it's not necessarily a magazine. It Its home base is in Atlanta. I had a friend right. who used to work for a creative loafing. And then there's also one in Charlotte. They had put George on the cover of Creative Loafing, uh, talking about hmm. his wrestling. He had no right. idea that he was going to be on the cover. He knew he was going to be featured in it. So he gave me a copy where he was uh, on the cover. Hmm. And uh, he also gave me a, a T-shirt uh, from, uh, it was NWA Bluegrass, I believe. So this probably was in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, of the last show that Dusty Rhodes and the, and Jimmy Valiant were on together. Ooh. So yeah, so I will cherish that always. I'm going. He's also he's given me a uh, a shirt that he wore at a Wahoo McDaniel tribute show. Mm-hmm. So I got to get it. I got to get to getting and getting some shirts for him. Um, but um, George South has always been so nice to me and so incredible to me, and I cherish. Uh, his friendship. Uh, he always has uh, knowledge to pass on. He always has a funny story. The best story ever was last year when the dude came up to him and said, I've lost weight. Can I trade this shirt in? <laughs> Can I trade this shirt Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do I get to Winston-Salem? Yeah. Uh, George yeah, how is, do I get to Winston-Salem? Yeah. And to coin your phrase, George South is a national treasure. To, to the he world is. of not only just to the he world is. of professional wrestling, but just, just as a human being, George South is absolutely incredible. Is absolutely incredible. Great human being. And, and real quick, um, uh, Gray Lobster, I did not get to meet Celeste, uh, AKA Caitlin. Uh, she's a good friend of Chris Riddles. I wish I had him, but unfortunately, yeah. um, I, I did not. Um, and I think that flying Brian jr. And James Drake would make a great match. It'd be the battle of the chop. Yeah, that that's true. That is true. That would be a good one. Uh, one of the last things that we had, and then we're going to wrap it up for you. Is you notice that over the over the course of WrestleCade weekend, we put out on social media, we put it out on our Facebook pages, and all that other good stuff. That coming up. Let me see. I'm out. I want to phrase this. Uh, coming up in 2020, everybody's at. You know, are are you going to do the show next year? We are going to do seven episodes next year, folks. Basically what I'm trying to tell you is, is that we are going to close live from the armory wrestling show. Uh, we are going to do the episode next week, which will be our end of the year episode. We'll make the announcement for the guest on that coming up. And then when we come back from holiday break, you know that we all take an annual holiday break. We will have seven episodes of this program and we will end the show on our 300th episode. We already have our final guest of, 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 the show lined up and we'll make that announcement later. Uh, but we're, we're bringing the show to a close. Uh, both Laura and I feel that 
we have accomplished what we set out to do. And it was more than evident that we had done that from the number of people that came up to us this past weekend and thanked us for what we did, not just wrestling fans, but wrestlers themselves, uh, thanking us for continuing to try to put a spotlight on local promotions, on independent wrestlers. Uh, and, and we feel like we have done exactly what we've set out to do and we get to leave on our own terms. And that's exactly what we're going to do. So our 300th episode airing early in March 2020 will be our last episode. So stay tuned to social media and uh, we'll fill you in with all the details that you need to know. Uh, It's not like a final goodbye or anything like that. It's just uh, we'll see you later, that kind of thing. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. So do you have anything else that you would like to add before we call it a night? I would like to say that I appreciate everyone who listened to us. There were people that came up to me that I didn't have a clue who they yeah. were. Yeah. But I knew yeah. they knew me from the show. And I right. just want to thank everyone. And, um, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize how much goes into a weekly show like this. And you and I have done this for right now five years but you know coming up when we sign off it'll be six years that you and i started this and it's a lot of work uh bob Mm -hmm. does a ton work than i do i will admit it he does and i've just gotten to the point in my life that there's you know there's some things other things i'd like to do uh and uh i think you and i have interviewed just about everybody that we can interview um, there will be some people that we get back on the show uh, that we, you know, have loved over the years. Uh, and there'll be uh, some surprises too. But I think Bob and I and George and Dr. Goose as well have uh, presented indie wrestlers, promotions, photographers, popcorn, poppers, um, ticket takers. Uh, with a platform that they didn't have before. When we started this, there were no, there may be a handful of indie podcasts, I would say. I could probably count on my on my one hand back in 2014 how many mm-hmm. indie podcasts. And now you can't swing a dead cat without hitting an yeah. indie podcast. And, you know, we want we wanted to be different, and we, I think we are different. And um, it's like Bob said, who's to say that we might not come back and, and do – you know, a show, heck, maybe next year at WrestleCade, we'll do a WrestleCade show. Who knows? I'm not at WrestleCade, but you know what I mean, like a, like a wrap-up or something. Uh, or who's to say a couple of years down the road we don't try it again? Uh, but I think, you know, it's a good time to uh, to end the show. And and I'm sure you have things you want to do, too. Um, yeah. I, yeah. So um, keeping... You know, boy band and girl Friday straight is going to be a full time job. Well, uh, I've been that, and I've been I've got to start my master thesis on the Flat Earth Society. So you know that's how it goes. <laughs> so. Let the uh, hate flow through you. Let the hate flow through you. Yeah, <laughs> good. <laughs> no, folks, uh, we thank you for listening to this episode of Live from the Armory Wrestling Show. We're heard here every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time on Block Talk Radio. We're on all major podcast platforms. Uh, be good to one another. Be kind. 
And remember, there's never a bad seat here at the Armory. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. been listening to live from the armory wrestling show the premier podcast of indie wrestling listen to us on blogtalkradio.com every wednesday night at 7 p.m eastern time subscribe to us on itunes follow us on twitter at from the armory we're also streamed worldwide on www.fnx.network and we're also available on stitcher you can find us on facebook at facebook.com backslash live.armory.9 If you like what you hear, please take a few moments to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for listening. See you next week.